back with another episode of Inside Sports Fantasy Football. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Inside Sports Fantasy Football, the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review wherever you get your podcast. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts, and on radio stations worldwide. Plus, also as well, the Lakers Fast Break for all the latest NBA news and notes, especially on the Los Angeles Lakers. Here are great opinions each and every day, seemingly. Well, it seems like anyways, but still, at least five episodes this week are going out. So go ahead and check it out today at Lakers Fast Break. Plus also as well, Game Source, which covers the latest news and trends in the video game world. Check out all that. Plus also as well, go ahead and follow today the great folks at Domination Sports Nation. Catch the latest in sports news each and every time out at Domination Sports Nation. And if you could do all that... Let's go ahead and give our page a like on Facebook at Inside Sports Fantasy Football or give us a follow, isfantasyfootball at yahoo.com or Inside Sports FF on Twitter. It is sincerely appreciated. Well, this is an annual thing for us because with this week, week four coming up in the NFL, it's our do not panic, do not panic. It's not time to hit the panic button yet because I know a lot of people out there, they're 0-3 as far as the fantasy football team that they're running. They've tried to make all the right moves, but due to either a big performance by the other team for some players that they have on their side or injuries right and left or just some players that you didn't get in the lineup and you thought weren't going to produce ended up producing for you, but they were stuck on the bench. It's just not been your year so far as of yet. But we'll tell you why not to hit the panic button here on this episode. Plus also as well, our picks for NFL Week 4. And also as well, you know, you always know right here on the show that we're going to go take a trip, as always. Woof, woof, woof to the doghouse. That's coming up on the show as well. I do want to mention that we're recording this on Thursday night. The first game of NFL Week 4 has already ended with the Cincinnati Bengals topping the Miami Dolphins. But the big news there is unfortunate that the injury sustained or injuries sustained by Tua Tagovailoa. Unfortunately, he had some serious head and neck injuries that were sustained during the game and he was taken to the hospital. We do know that he does have movement in all of his extremities at this point in time. Not sure exactly how long he will be out. Obviously, we'll go ahead and try and update you when we can right here on next week's show. But I know it's going to be serious for Apps, especially a great performance last week. Unfortunately, his future as far as short term is in doubt right now. So if you're hurting, for a quarterback, start looking that waiver wire. Start going ahead and thinking about trade because two is going to be out for looks like seemingly maybe a few weeks because anytime you're dealing with those kind of injuries, it could be a little while, but we'll see what happens there. But it looks like it's going to be for the rest of the week in week four. Looks like a good weekend indeed. But also here today to talk about how you need to make just a few tweaks here and there. So you can go ahead and not hit that panic button just yet. Good man indeed. 
you got to go ahead and catch what he and his son, Dominic, are doing today at the Domination Sports Nation. It is Chris Ardieri. And Chris, great to have you back, my friend. Don't panic! That's the theme of our show every time around this year. Don't panic, because there's still a lot more football yet to be played. Gerald, great to be back. Thanks for having me. And yeah, don't panic. Uh, like we were talking about right before we went on air, Dom and I have a team that's one and two in one of our leagues, but we've got by far the most points. And I say don't panic because like like you said, there's no defense in fantasy football. You can't play D, right? Nothing to yep. stop there. So keep scoring those points. Uh, there have been so many years, uh, a lot of leagues that I've been in and a lot of people play in. Week 14 is a line of demarcation and if you're seven and seven, that tiebreaker is always the points that you've scored. So uh, I'd rather get into the playoffs that way than, you know, be eliminated in the first round. I mean, if you're scoring points throughout the year, I don't care what your record is. Just get into that playoff. All bets are off. If your team's clicking, don't worry too much about the record. Now, you know, if we're sitting one and five in a few weeks, maybe a different story, but no need to panic after week three. I do think, though, that if you're sitting at 1-2 and two or 0-3, and three, you do need to reevaluate your roster just a little bit and just see if you can make some tweaks or be more active on the trade market, which is something I know in a lot of leagues, a lot of owners out there are very hesitant to go ahead and be active on the trade market. I've seen changes, diametrical changes made when people try to go ahead and be active in their league and make trades. But when there are leagues that are stagnant, that are not making those kind of moves, it's really harder to move up in the world because everybody's just all trying to base their future off of the waiver wire. Yeah, and it's hard because there's so much information out there. I want to say it's getting more efficient uh, to use an investment term. And, you know, a, a lot of it's predicated on what your waiver priority is from week to week. I mean, you know, put in a lot of claims for guys that you don't get come Wednesday morning. So only other thing to do, like you mentioned, is trade. We've seen a few pop up in a couple of our leagues, at least proposed out there. So it's good to see that people are thinking outside of the box this early. I'm hoping so, because, you know, I got people that I've been putting out there since the beginning that I think about or looking at as far as trade. I would say out there, unless you have one of the best players out on the market that you just cannot afford to give up, you should go ahead and make everyone on your roster available for trades. You should go ahead and think about all the alternatives you can. And right now, if you're at 0-3, you're not that far behind. All it takes, again, is just a couple swings to the left, just a couple swings to the right, a couple little maneuvers here and there, a couple lineup changes or tweaks you need to make, and you'll be back in it by week five or six. Absolutely. And then on the, the flip side, don't overpay. I mean, you want to try and buy low, sell high in a perfect world, but you know, there's a lot of resources out there. You can just Google trade analyzer for fantasy football. Maybe it's fairly even, maybe you're giving up a little more to get a guy you really want or really believe in. So uh, you're not a, a Billy Bean Moneyball GM in any sense. If you want a player, you need to get him. But like we say, don't overpay. And you'll also, whenever you're out there reaching for a trade, usually at first glance, it is not that often now these days that these teams will go ahead that, that offer you a trade. You're going to like it at first chance anyways, and vice versa. So I would say that sometimes it takes two or three tries before you find a trade with a uh, dance partner, with a trade partner that you're actually going to go ahead and accept. 
Yeah, definitely. It's very rare where you see a trade off and you're like, wow, this is a steal. I'm going to accept right away. There's There can be tweaking. There can be counter offers, that sort of thing. And sometimes you'll get when you're like, hmm, I'm, I'm on the fence about this. Let me think about it a little more. But don't uh, don't hit reject right away unless, you know, someone's uh, countering you- is always the best thing. You could say yeah. no, but it gives you the option. These leagues, Yahoo, ESPN, whatever, when you get a trade proposal. You can actually say, okay, I'm not going to take this trade, but here's what I would like instead. Exactly. And, you know, don't be uh, accepting Russell Wilson for Josh Allen or anything like that. But, you know, the, the first offer, it's like, you know, if I'm, I'm sure, as you know, Gerald, buying or selling a house, there's always a counter offer, and same goes in fantasy. CJ Phelps, 200. Thank you so much for watching. Truly appreciate it. Well, he wants to know, Trade A.J. Dillon and Christian Kirk for Cortland Sutton and Damian Pierce. Mm, interesting. I would be very interested in it. I'm, I would probably lean yes. That would be me. I would too because I think uh, two things are at play here. I've got Pierce in one league, and Dom and I were talking about it earlier today. I think pretty soon he's going to be an everyday no-brainer starter at running back for the Texans. And then two, you're buying Sutton low. I know I've got Wilson on one team. It's very hard to keep playing him every week, but I can't see this happening forever. And even if he doesn't put out lights out numbers, Sutton's got to be his go-to guy at some point this season. I think so. That's why I still have him a starter on my team. I still have faith in him getting the job done. I think that's probably a trade that I would lean in as far as getting Cortland Sutton and Damian Pierce. I really think that the upside is a lot better than what you see with A.J. Dillon and Christian Kirk. Yeah, I think uh, unless Jones gets hurt in Green Bay, Dillon's never going to be the starting running back. I mean, they've got a nice rotation going, but um, you know, who's getting paid more money there? That's what ultimately talks. One thing I wanted to ask you is from George Henney. He wanted to know about Nyoku, Lonkett, Hunt, or CEH at Flex. You know, I, uh, CEH question. Very good question. That's making me think. I I will say I've got CEH in the league. He got us a touchdown last week Mm -hmm. against Indy. Um, I think, you know, as teams are really, we're seeing here keying on Kelsey and let's face it. Mahomes doesn't have Tyreek Hill. He's got some nice options, but I feel like if anyone's going to step up in that backfield, it'll be Hilaire. But I think you've got some good options there. You can't go wrong. Um, if you had to choose one. Yeah. You know, I don't think I'd, I'll say this. I'll eliminate Hunt. I think Chubb's really been playing well. He's been getting a lot of reps. Hunt will sneak in here and there and get you a cheap touchdown. But yeah. um, my vote, just for purely selfish reasons, would be CEH. What do you think, Gerald? I'd say CEH. I'm hoping it's not Hunt because I do have Chubb as the main <laughs> running back on my roster. But I'm really thinking right now CEH. I agree with you. He did get a touchdown last week. It could be on the verge of seeing a run for him for maybe two, three weeks, getting a touchdown each and every week. So that'll get you easy points on top of whatever yardage you get. So I'm going to lean CEH right now. I think that's to me, probably a little bit over Nyoku. Agreed. And I think too, uh, you know, everyone talks about Pacheco from my alma mater Rutgers. He's been getting some time. I feel like it's more third down kind of a decoy at this point. So I don't see any decline in touches for CEH at this point in the season. We may be headed to the replay booth, but we'll be right back with Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. 
Bring me all of the Star Trek all of the time, and I will be an incredibly happy girl. Even if it's terrible. It's like pizza. Bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza. Bad Star Trek is still pretty good because it's still Star Trek. That's the way that I look at it. Just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cold. That's it. Yep. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. For the latest news and information, analysis, and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. Great questions. Absolutely great questions. Thank you so much to CJ and George for sending those out to us. want to mention again that you can always have send our questions out to us if you have any on lineups, trades, what have you. I'll always go ahead and hit up Chris on the DM. So if you have questions for us on your fantasy football team, isfantasyfootball at yahoo.com or insidesportsff on Twitter. Always glad to answer your questions indeed. But my friend, again, don't panic. Don't panic out there, time. I mean, even if you're 0-3, what do you say to those individuals? Maybe something that they maybe need to do a little bit differently. Maybe how they're approaching the waiver wire. Maybe they want to go... For me, I, I often go ahead and switch to maybe fantasy points as far as what they're doing so far this season as opposed to what they were doing last year or what they were projected at. Your thoughts on maybe some little tweaks to look out for that will help improve your season? You have to study the week-to-week matchups. I know we play in a Yahoo League, and they have a lot of projections. They're not super accurate. I mean, what could be? It's like trying to predict the stock market or the weather. But mm-hmm. I, I think, too, you've got to look at those week-to-week matchups. Um, injuries too. I feel like uh, at this point in the season, we're starting to see a lot of them besides the, uh, the, the really scary one to two. I mean, there are guys banged up left and right. My phone seems to be going nuts. The second, the injury report is first released during the week. So keep an eye on that too. And then, um, I'm a big fan of the old school. Use your eyeballs. Watch games on Sunday. If you don't, uh, there are plenty of highlight shows. You can go to, uh, you know, I'm not trying to plug anyone, but you can go to YouTube, even the NFL channel there. They'll show like a good content condensed version of highlights from the game, or you can even watch the, the whole game without commercials and various different apps uh, that are offered and just see how these guys are playing. I mean, like with, Hilaire, I watched a bunch of that Chiefs-Colts game, so that's how I know he did that, not because I listen to, you know, uh, not that you should listen to another podcast, but, you know, listen to a podcast or reading something online. That's uh, okay. Just, you can cheat on us. That's all right. Yeah, and, you know, you there's there's a lot of the stats have gotten more advanced than when we first started playing. You know how many games, guys get targets and what their conversion ratio is on those receptions versus total targets. So uh, I think you can do a lot of that, but definitely got to look at the week to week matchups. And I feel too, you know, a, a little kind of under the radar trick to get yourself some cheap points, start streaming defenses. Dom has been really good at it. in one of our leagues, we're flipping a defense every week. Harrison Butker got hurt. We put him on IR. We've been flipping kickers every week. So you get a, a favorable matchup there. You get a kicker that can boom some, you know, 50 plus yard field goals, you get yourself a few extra cheat points that way. One thing that George Henney also wanted to ask as well is for the defense side of the ball. And it sounds like he's streaming like most of us are. I wasn't planning on streaming. I actually drafted uh, two defenses and both of them both <laughs> have not done me that great. So I, I'm now in streaming mode like everybody else is. But I wanted to go ahead and ask you this from him. Last question he had was Rams, 
Vikings, Broncos, and the Cards. Your thoughts on the defense for this weekend? That's a tough one. Uh, I, I will. The Broncos are at the Raiders. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, but, it, you know, the that's thing crazy. is, though, that Carr will throw for 300 yards and they'll still lose. Yeah. Vikings, uh, you know, right now, I would lean towards them because they're playing Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. Vikings are no, playing no, no, the Saints, Saints in London. Yeah, Saints. Yeah. My, my, we know, my, we know that, Winston so can be a turnover machine at times. That's one yeah. I'm leaning towards. And then uh, the Cardinals normally, I'd say, forget about it. But look, who knows? They're if at, they're at gonna Carolina. Play. Yeah, but if McCaffrey doesn't play, and it's not like the, the Panthers are uh, an offensive juggernaut without him, even with him, it's debatable. But that's a possibility. And I will say, the uh, while the Rams don't always fare well against the 49ers in the regular season, at least, um, they've had some success and picking off Jimmy G. So I think if I were narrowed it down to two, Gerald, um, I kind of like the, the way the Vikings have been playing, but I worry about that London trip. Uh, yeah, always. I, that's, I, that's, a, that's such a wild card. Yeah. And then two, um, I, I would lean Cardinals, but make sure McCaffrey's not going to play. I may yeah. just have to default with the Rams. I really think that the uh, 49ers offensive line looked horrible due to injuries. Trent Williams out and just the, the Broncos really pressured them. But I have to agree with you. The Broncos really played well last week. But the those Raiders Broncos games, all bets are off. And like you said, uh, the the Raiders have been able to move the ball. Their problem is defense and Carr making yeah. the big play when he needs to. So yeah. those are my thoughts there. I really think you can't go wrong. But I guess if I had to pick one, I'd lean Rams at this point. Which has been the MO for Carr for several seasons now 300 oh, yeah. yards and they still lose but i would say right now my my bet is on the rams i'm going to say right now with the rams i just think that with that london trip is so much of a wild card i'm not even sure uh right now if that's the case you know what happens when they go over there how it affects them especially on a short week i really am kind of just very scratchy on on what could happen there so if that was the case i'm going to go with the rams as well so one of the things i really want to ask you as well from gits I got offered JT and Cup for Lenny, Eckler, Olav, and Herbert Bateman. Wow. Yeah. That's all. I do like that, uh, you know, Olav seems to have emerged, but who will the quarterback be in New Orleans? I'm not sure your thoughts on that. Um, Yeah. I mean, Andy Dalton's the lesser of two evils. It's not saying much for your offense, but, you know, there have been – Worst quarterbacks that have made rookie receivers look good. This uh, is true. You know the 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 problem too with with Eckler. I've got him in one league. Um, with Herbert being hurt, that didn't help. Um, no. You know injuries on the offensive line yet again. Uh, Chargers just seem to be cursed with injuries. But uh, the the giving up of four players for two. What are your thoughts on that, Gerald? I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of stymied by this one. I'm I mean I just when you do a trade like that when it comes to two to four. I don't look at it as a two to four. I look at it as a two to three is the additional players that you're getting the additional players. Are you getting any combination of three of those four players being at equal or more than what you're currently getting from the two that you would be giving up? I look at the overall points, what they've been doing so far for you this season, make sure you analyze it carefully. But yeah, to me, okay. You know, they're just, if they're just throwing you junk, then or th- throwing you players that have been marginal at best or underperforming, that's not going to help you. You got to look at the scenario where it's to me, can three of those individuals that you're getting back 
do as well or better than the two you're giving up. Because then, the, then the fourth one's just gravy. Right. It's like that. Uh, it's like that expiring contract. It's five players. It's actually five players. Five. Okay. Yeah, five. For Herbert right. and Bayman. Yeah. yeah. But still, uh, for me, three out of five. Well, three out of five get you what you need. Yeah. Who, who are you putting on the waiver wire? Is this going to give uh, you that, that deeper, deeper bench? That too. Yeah. You got to look at who's sitting on your bench and if those guys you're getting can replace them. I will say though, um, I think reports of the Chargers' demise are greatly exaggerated. Now, I think Brandon Staley is out of his mind for leaving Herbert in a game that late when he probably shouldn't even have played. Um, and full disclosure, I picked the Jaguars with the points last week, so I really don't care, but um, I don't think their season's over by any means. I know they've got a lot of injuries, but you know, Eckler has been written off many times before early in the year. I think you could still count on him. The same goes for Herbert. So don't make the move because the uh, mainstream media is writing off the chargers after a bad loss to the Jaguars. One of the things he also did mention, Khalil Herbert, by the way, is what he was trying to mention, who had a great game, outstanding game. But then again, Montgomery had a great game the game before. That Chicago offense is geared towards the rush, one of the few in the NFL that is geared toward the, towards the rush. Montgomery she incurred injury, as I found out, on my because mm-hmm. he was starting on my team when that happened, of course. He did er- get a early injury, which necessitated Herbert coming into the lineup He's averaging close to eight yards a carry. Just an outstanding back right there for you. I was able to pick him up on the waiver wire <laughs> better late than never. But yeah. your thoughts on as far as Khalil Herbert as a continuous player throughout the season? Because, again, Montgomery is still, when he gets back healthy, could also want a lot of playing time as well. Yeah, I, I think for the near term, he's an excellent pickup. We tried and were denied a waiver claim for him in one of our leagues. But I have to agree with you. Uh, Justin Fields is not scaring opposing defenses. So the Bears are going to continue to ram the ball on the ground. I like the way he looked against the Texans this past Sunday. Even if he isn't and Montgomery comes back and plays, if he doesn't produce, I mean, he, there's always going to be that shadow of Herbert looming. So I think, too, with bye weeks and everything like that, uh, he's good to have. And who knows, maybe uh, maybe you've got other running back depth and you don't need him down the road and you can trade him at the trade deadline and get some nice value for him. But uh, I, I think he's a hold right now because you, you just don't know the extent of Montgomery's injury. And her, yeah, and Montgomery right now, he didn't practice this week. I think he's going to be out for this week or he's going to be very limited if that's the case. Herbert's probably going to start. And it's against the Giants, and the Giants aren't that great of a run defense. So I see him doing well again. Will he do as well as last week? I'm not sure, but at least he'll be able to go ahead and be, I think, give you some nice numbers, at least for the next couple of weeks. He's a bona fide starting running back on a team that wants to run the ball, and I'll, I'll take that any day. Same Absolutely. thing with Pierce and the Texans. I don't care how the Texans do from week to week, but I like the way Pierce is running, and I think his – upside outweighs a lot of the other running backs I have on my one team. Lincoln was here as asking thoughts on Camara being a good seventh round value in a super flex dynasty. Yeah. If you're, if you're grading that way, I think he is. Look, I know uh, there's a lot of clouds with him on and off the field, but yeah. uh, ultimately there are a lot of people who thought the saints were going to contend for a playoff spot, if not win the NFC south outright i'm still very bullish on camara i know uh you know after last week same thing you know people love to write guys off after a bad week but uh, i think in terms of sheer value that's a good number and 
Again, if Dalton starts, does that make the Saints immediate contenders? No, but he's one of those guys that won't lose you the game. He won't turn the ball over. He won't make the dumb decision. And I, I do think there are so many weapons that the Saints have that that can only be good for for Kamara's value. Um, you're not going to be able to key on him, especially as I mentioned earlier with Olave appearing to emerge now as a receiver. Yeah, I think Kamara, that's a good value. I think that's right around where that that he should be is right around the seventh round value. I think that's a pretty good value right there. I just think with him, you just got to be patient. If he gets, he's can get injured real easily, but if he stays out there on the field, I think he will produce. I understand he'll have just like a lot of these players, a lot of these running backs, when they want to go ahead and start getting pass happy, the numbers go down for the running backs. But I think if to stick with them, I think Kamara still has at least as long as he's healthy, a good season or two left at a decent level. Completely agree. Um, I'm still a believer. Yeah, as am I, as am I. But it is Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Just want to give everybody a heads up. It is Chris Sardieri from Domination Sports Nation. Please go ahead and subscribe today to Domination Sports Nation, wherever you get your podcast. Plus also as well, go ahead and check us out every single time out when we're here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends of pop culture. And thank you so much for doing so. If you subscribe today on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. But before we head on out, my friend, some great comments, absolutely great questions in the chat room. Cannot thank everyone enough for being so gracious on the chat room and asking some truly great questions. But before we head on out, NFL Week 4 is coming up. We've already started off with a big win for the Bengals, getting back on track after a sluggish start to the season. Just like we hope everyone out there that hasn't hit the panic button will get off to a better start starting this weekend. But for your picks for this weekend, what do you see? I mean, that London game, I'm not touching because I don't know what these teams will be like when they get over there. So I'm really not, I'm really off the fence on that one. I'm just really not, I'm staying far away from that one. But the thing I want to ask is the Broncos and the Raiders. I mean, we talked about a little bit earlier. Do you see any signs of light for the Raiders? I think if they don't win this weekend, it could be a sheer fall for them for several weeks to come. Oh, yeah. And I mean, there was already a closed door meeting after the loss in Tennessee between McDaniels and uh, Mark Davis, the team's owner. So, you know, the panic button, if it hasn't been hit, uh, someone's got their finger hovering right above it. So I don't want to say it's a must win, but it sure feels like one, especially against a division rival and, uh, Russell Wilson looking to, you know, basically prove the naysayers wrong. He's had just not a good start. That's that's an understatement at this point in the year. But yeah, I, I think that's a big game for both sides actually. And you know, frankly, with a new coach coming in, like you alluded to earlier, Derek Carr's future with the Raiders. I mean, everyone talks about how well he, you know, he, he compared to what other quarterbacks are being paid, he's undervalued. Well, I just. I think he's a little bit more of a compiler and as a fantasy quarterback, he has his ups and downs, but I think the jury's ultimately out on him with a new administration in Vegas. But um, I, I kind of, my intuition tells me, Gerald, it could be a good old fashioned Broncos Raiders match back and forth, a lot of scoring, maybe not a ton of defense. At least that's what I'm hoping for. Not one of the snoozers like we saw last Sunday night with the San Francisco in Denver. I got a couple games I want you to talk about here in a second that really are of interest to me. In fact, one is going to be that ultimate quarterback showdown for the two of the hottest quarterbacks that are out there in the league. But before we do, Domo is asking, does he trade Josh Jacobs for Brees Hall and Juju Smith-Schuster? 
Everyone talks, and I've had Jacobs in the past. They talk about how he's healthy this year. I know, uh, I think he was just sick last week was what slowed him down. But mm -hmm. I do feel that Hall is going to emerge. I know I was sick after point. watching the Raiders last week. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty brutal. But oh, I think Hall, I, the X factor here is Zach Wilson. I mean, he's returning. How does that affect Hall? How does that affect the run game? And then two, Schuster really hasn't gotten going with Mahomes yet, but I know – they work well together in training camp from everything I read and had a big like, gain last week. Yeah. Good but I just, something. you know, not, not putting up the numbers like we were accustomed to a few years ago, but I, I think, I think those two are kind of buy low candidates. I, I just knowing Jacobs, he'll put up good numbers for you. And at some point either gets hurt or he disappears. So I think I'm good with that, especially from a value perspective. I agree. And I think that Juju Smith-Schuster will become more of a target for Mahomes this season. I'm pretty convinced of that. Like I said, he got a taste with a nice gain in last week's play. So I do see him being more of a target and a priority for Mahomes in the not-too-distant future, at least by season's end. I see really see some good games on the way, especially if he stays healthy, and which is always a big if for him as well. So I, I'm really liking that as far as the trade is concerned. Josh Jacobs, again, with the way the Raiders season's going, it could get very ugly very quickly. So... Hold on to your hats on that one. If jo if you keep Josh Jacobs, don't be surprised if he gets traded to another team. I wouldn't be surprised by that either. Yeah, I mean, maybe that bodes well for him. But, again, the guy just can't stay on the field. It's really frustrating. He's a very talented running back. Julio Villa is here, and he wanted to know, does he trade Eckler uh, with Kirk Gallup for Swift, Jamal Mike Williams, and Chris Godwin, PPR? Hmm. <laughs> they're sending some good ones out yeah here. well done yeah. chet well done nicely done yes swift's another guy i know he's producing this year but i've had him too many times to know he tails off so do you think gerald he's a good uh sell high candidate here this early in the season i like what i see about the lions personally this year they've been they have a little momentum coming out of the gate which is usually not the norm for them I really am uh, such a big fan of Amon Ra St. Brown. He's done such a – I cannot believe he was, what, fourth round? I cannot believe he lasted that long. I was such a big fan of his out of USC, fight on. And I was just really just not – I can't, can't even believe that he went that far down in the draft. And to see him now providing so much for that offense, Jared Goff has been pretty good. And that's all you're going to get from Jared Goff. Right. I really think Swift is going to be a key part of that. And if they are having a decent season, I think he's going to be a big part of that. But you're right. He does fade. So he needs to buck the trend. I don't know. It just seems like I would – I think I would – I think I kind of would do that trade. I think I kind of would do that trade. That's just me. Yeah, I'm leaning towards it too. It's I think it's worth the flyer. A lot of – I think a lot of people overreact after the first three weeks too. They think like, oh, this is a definite trend. It's going to continue the rest of the season. If you can exploit people and their biases that way, I, I say jump on it. Or here's another one he threw out at us. Eckler, Montgomery, and Herbert, uh, and Christian Kirk for Lenny Waddle and Singletary PPR. Ooh. I am legitimately worried. I know I've been touting Waddle the first few weeks of the show here, but if Tua's injury is long-term, um, I don't have too much faith in Teddy Two Gloves Bridgewater, uh, and I'm fearful of how that would affect Waddle. So that's the the one asterisk I would throw into this equation here. I do like 
I do like the idea of acquiring Waddle, but um, yeah, with with Tua going out now, I just think and in in the Vegas sports book, Gerald, they take they take that wager off the board for the time being, right? I agree. I see this as at least a three to four week injury. I don't know anything's confirmed as of yet, but when you're talking about the head and the neck injuries, this is something that they're going to have at least out for one, if not more weeks. So we'll hopefully he's yeah. got. Thank goodness he has feeling in all of his extremities. Right. But yeah, when you're talking about that, that's some serious stuff. I don't see him getting back in the lineup anytime soon. If that's the case, Waddle's going to be affected by it. And and let's face it, there is a lot of conventional wisdom out there. He suffered a concussion right before the end of the first half on Sunday against the Bills, and they chalked it up to a back injury, and he was wobbling. But uh, either way, the guy got hit hard. He took a hard, two hard head hits in less than a week. And that uh, Montgomery Herbert combo. I mean, you've got to daisy chain those two together. You've got to keep, as we say, handcuffed here in the fantasy football world because those two are such a dynamic duo. They are providing the best run offense in the NFL. Absolutely. So, yeah, highly recommend handcuffing them if you haven't done so already. Absolutely. I wouldn't do one without the other because if you break them up, who knows right now? Because, yes, yeah. Herbert's getting the playing time, but once Montgomery gets healthy, he might go back to the front as far as that's concerned. I know that Herbert's averaging close to eight yards a carry, but Montgomery's averaging close to six. Yeah. They're both doing a great job this year, and I see that being the key for them because the, the the Bears, they're just not doing well as far as yeah. in the air, so they need to rely on the run a lot. Yeah, you have to think of that trade as not two running backs. You're trading for the Chicago Bears starting running back, whoever that may be. Yeah, absolutely. Good point indeed. But great questions, Julio. Great questions to our entire chat. Just truly, truly appreciate everyone out there. And again, if you have any questions or lineup changes or trade proposals that you want to go ahead and run by us, we're always available. ISFantasyFootballYahoo.com or InsideSportsFF on Twitter. But before we head on out and before we get to the woof, 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 the doghouse, before we head on out, my friend, two games I wanted to touch on. In fact, an individual which we have not touched on as yet, who is an MVP candidate so far this season, and that's Jalen Hurts. He's been doing a fantastic job. And wouldn't you know, these suddenly spry Jacksonville Jaguars at 2-1 and are heading into the Philadelphia landscape to face off against Jalen Hurts. Your thoughts on this? I still think it's going to be the Eagles at home, or I would go ahead and, and, and pick the cover on that one. I don't think that's going to be a problem, but your thoughts on this game before we head to the doghouse? Yeah, I think uh, I think it's going to be an interesting game, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's a lot closer than people think. Um, the Jaguars really shut down the Chargers last week. Look, you can chalk mm-hmm. that up to Justin Herbert being injured and playing with a cracked rib, but uh, I just like the way on the offensive side of the ball, Trevor Lawrence is developing. So I think it's a good game. And I think keep your eyes on Lawrence. If he's still out there on waivers, that's the guy you want to stash as a bench player. I'm not saying he'll be this year's version of Joe Burrow, but all signs point to that second year quarterback. Uh, And in his case, he's got a much better head coach and Doug Peterson, who's done wonders with young quarterbacks in the past. And uh, I really think a lot of things are trending up in Jacksonville and look, everyone ripped Christian Kirk's contract, but he's been playing very well. I'm not here to deliberate on whether he was worth the money or not, but it looks like he's a, a solid fantasy wide receiver at the very least. This is true. This is true. Indeed. I forgot to mention as well before we hit to the doghouse, And that is again, what I mentioned earlier in regards to, 
the major matchup as far as the CBS Sports matchup where they showcase the, the actual quarterbacks that are out there as the Bills with Josh Allen heads into Baltimore to face off against Lamar Jackson, who is very motivated still and has had a great season so far for Baltimore. Your thoughts on this before we get to another question from Michael Alexander. I think that's probably one of the, if not the best matchups of the week. I know uh, a couple of years ago in the playoffs, the Bills really wiped the Ravens, but they're in Baltimore and uh, kind of, I want to say quietly, but quietly by Lamar Jackson's standards, he's really come out of the gate well. And I, I think uh, he's got a lot to prove here. Everyone talks about uh, Josh Allen. You know, Jackson's got the contract issue hanging over his head. Uh, could we be looking at the football equivalent of Aaron Judge, guy uh, really betting on himself, acting as his own agent? Is he set to put up monster numbers this year? So he's got a lot to prove too. But I, I think, uh, I, I do think. Uh, Ken Dorsey will not be trashing a laptop up in the coaching booth that much. I know. No, no, absolutely not. No. Although don't get them near Tom Brady. You know, he loves <laughs> yeah, that's okay and, then. Right. Yeah. There's yeah. no, there's no uh, negativity uh, associated or you know, criticism with that. Exactly. Exactly. Indeed. But before we head to the doghouse, Michael Alexander has a question. He's thinking of benching Stafford to stream someone like Carr, Russ or Goff. Thoughts? What should he do? Stafford's been touch and go these days, not like last season, that's for sure. Uh, we've always talked about Carr on this episode as being an individual that's going to throw for 300 yards, two touchdowns, and end up losing. Uh, you've got Russ, you've got Goff, who's been uh, you know, exceeding expectations, but not by a whole lot in Detroit. He's been playing good, not playing great but he's playing good enough to get you 16 to 20 points each and every time out. So your thoughts on this, my friend, what should he do? I'm not opposed to benching Stafford. Uh, he, he uh, look, we already talked the 49ers seem to have the Rams number in general in the regular season. And that defense is still there, regardless of how Jimmy G plays. We know the D is going to show up and they, uh, they frustrated Stafford too, even in the NFC championship last year, where not for a dropped interception, you could argue the Rams don't win that game. So uh, I'm fine. If you bench him, the problem is the alternatives. I've got Russell Wilson uh, two weeks ago. I would have told you it's a no brainer start him, but uh, given your car golf options, if I had to pick between the two, I think I'd lean towards car. It's got the better weapons. And I think that team's really backed against a wall and they've got a lot to prove uh, golf. You, you just never know with him. Sometimes in weeks, he'll get you great points in garbage time, or, you know, they'll get off to a, a quick start and he'll throw a couple touchdowns and you're happy. But uh, I just think he's too erratic at this point. I think he's uh good to have on your bench in case of a bye week or an injury, but I personally can't advocate starting him at this point in the season. What do you think, Gerald? Well, again, I, I told you how much I'm happy to see Amon Rase Brown become such a dynamic wide receiver like I thought he would. And DeAndre Swift, and they also have DJ Chark there, you know, as far as weapons. So I think they're, the weapons are there. That's the reason why Jared Goff is, is doing as well as he is. Is he playing like a QB1? I think he's right there in a mix as far as a QB1 slash QB2. I don't think he's there as an every week must put in there as of yet. He's not playing that far up above his, his normal level. I think he's right there between 16 to 18 fantasy points each and every week. I would probably say if you're going to get a pop from any of those guys, I would probably say it's Carr, especially this weekend. He has to throw at home in the Allegiant Stadium. 
He has to throw for 300 yards and at least two touchdowns in order for the Raiders to win. I think that's the only way that they're going to win. Otherwise, their schedule is going to get really ugly really quickly. So I see if I have to go this week with somebody, I'm going to go Carr as well. I like it. I like consensus. There you go. There you go, indeed. But great questions. Michael, Julio, you guys have been awesome. Domo, Lincoln, you guys have been awesome. awesome. Gitz, George, truly, truly awesome to have each and every one. And CJ as well that started our conversations. Truly appreciate all the great questions. Again, if you get a chance, if you're looking for help or assistance, please go ahead. You can always hit us up, isfantasyfootballyahoo.com or InsideSportsFF on Twitter. But before we head on out, it's the thing that we always do here each and every week here on the show. It's that time again. Woof, woof, woof. It's time to head to the doghouse. 2-0, and oh, the, the pressure is on. i very happy with the Jaguars' performance last week. Scanning the lines this week, Vegas gets more and more efficient as the weeks go on. We know this, That's Gerald. That's my friend. Uh, it's, it's amazing. In some of these games, you're looking at a potential score or a two-point conversion. You're like, it's right there within Vegas' sweet spot. Where That's they why I'm very careful with my money and, and only hit the sports books when absolutely necessary. Yep. That's just uh, recreational money. You're out, you're out to have a fun day. That's the way you got to look at it. But uh, yes. I digress. Uh you know, I kind of thought about the, the Titans going to Indy. They're getting three and a half. You know me. I love that hook when it comes to it. But I'm not quite sure I trust this Titans team. Let's face it. The Raiders really should have beaten the Titans last week. I don't know what's going on with the, the Tennessee defense. And when you lose to a Giants team that look absolutely horrific against the Cowboys, that's reason for concern. I don't normally advocate this, but I'm going to go two weeks in a row and pick a team. I'm going to take the Jags. They open at plus seven and a half going into Philly. I would have loved to jump on that number, but considering where we are now and taping the show, the line six and a half, I'll take it. I think the Jags keep it close. I'm not necessarily sure if this young team has what it takes to go into Philly and win rough environment. Uh, everyone I'm sure in the city of brotherly love is trying to book uh, their trips to Phoenix in February. Cause they think the Eagles are going back to the super bowl, but uh, regardless, it's not SoFi stadium. So it could be a tough challenge for Trevor Lawrence and company. But I think at the very least, like I had advocated last week, uh, maybe a four or five point loss. Uh, you're getting six and a half. Why not take it? Uh, the difference for me is I really believe in this Jacksonville defense. We talked about it last week, and I think they've got the ability, not necessarily to shut down Brown and Smith and contain Hurts, but you know, just maybe keep them to where they're not lighting up teams like they did with Washington this past week. So I really believe in that Jacksonville defense. It's going to be a continuing storyline down the road. Uh, if they're out there in your league, I would try and grab them and not just to stream, I think on a week to week basis, especially playing in the NFC South, excuse me, AFC South, they're going to have some nice matchups. And I, I think that team's going to continue to be a turnover machine on D. So don't normally do this, but we're going to go back to the well one more time, not try and get too greedy. Take the Jags plus the six and a half. The thing is, though, with the Jags, after all these years and getting all those high draft picks, they did focus outside of Lawrence, of course. They did focus on the defensive side of the ball. And I thought that was pretty smart after all these years. And it's finally starting to pay off for them. And I, actually, in a way, weird way, I'm not a fan of them, but in a weird way of seeing finally a much maligned organization finally get its comeuppance and finally realize, you know what? Hey, after all these picks, 
that they do actually stand a chance and that they actually can compete in the NFL. Absolutely. And, you know, back in the day when the Jags first had their run with Tom Coughlin, they were super talented on the defensive side of the ball. So it's nice to see them go retro. Absolutely, indeed. But if you have thoughts or questions, always hit us up. ISFantasyFootball at Yahoo.com or, of course, Inside Sports FF on Twitter. Please go ahead and also, as well, while you're at it, if you're listening to us on the podcast outlets, you can go ahead and check out Chris and Dom Lardieri. They do a great job covering the sports scene each and every time out at the Domination Sports Nation. But, Chris, it's been a great episode. Ton of great questions. I absolutely am so ecstatic we had to go ahead and answer all those great questions in our awesome chat room. You guys have been awesome today. But any last thoughts before we head on out? I just want to reiterate, thanks, everyone, for the great questions and making me uh, think this late at night. I appreciate the passion and that you're listening to our show and you're engaged but i just want to say as russell wilson i've just got this real dilemma with him i want to put him on the bench uh my backup is garoppolo so i'm just playing him on a week in week out basis i'm hoping he busts out at some point if he doesn't um i think maybe we have an episode in another week or two about is it time to hit the panic button on russ i mean you you can't cut the guy at this point maybe you just bench him but you know, start scouring the waiver wires out there for quarterbacks on a week by week basis. And there's going to be more vultures out there with two is injury looking like it's going to be a, at least a few weeks, like you mentioned. So maybe look for a guy who uh, I'm not saying he's going to do well, but thinking ahead, you look at someone like Zach Wilson's returning this week. Maybe you go snap him up and stash him on your bench um, because perhaps he turns things around in his second year and something clicks and he becomes a solid QB. This is the way you've got to be strategic now, especially with quarterbacks and fantasy. You've got to have a second quarterback and you've got to think a little bit ahead. Um, look at someone like in Pittsburgh, maybe Kenny Pickett gets a start of Trubisky as another dud. So start being a, a little more forward thinking and stashing a quarterback on your bench. Never mind the injuries. Even if your number one QB is doing well, uh, he's got a bye week coming up or he's headed off to London and you don't know how he's going to perform a la Kirk Cousins. Uh, start looking to get that depth in there. You never know who's going to emerge on a week to week basis. But uh, I will say, and given the don't panic theme, you can't cut Russ yet as much as I wanted to on Sunday night. So don't panic again, <laughs> each and every year we say this right around this time, please don't panic. Just make some smart or just take some time. Maybe sometimes taking a step back, taking a deep breath, going ahead and just coming back into it with a fresh set of eyes, maybe doing a little bit of more research, doing a little bit of things as far as background, maybe asking questions to guys like us or other shows that you trust or other entities or outlets that you trust. Maybe that's the ticket that'll get you right on the uh, track to go ahead and become a contender in your league again. But please... The season's still a long ways away. There's no room to panic. There's no time to panic. There's no need to panic because the season is still far ahead and there's still a lot more fantasy football to come. And there's still a lot more fantasy football to come from all of us right here. So for Chris Lardieri, the Domination Sports Nation, and me, Gerald Glassford, we want to thank you for listening. Thanks so much again to our chat room. We're looking forward to another great week. And here's hoping you don't need to hit the panic button and we'll have a great weekend and a great NFL week four from all of us right here at Inside Sports Fantasy Football. <laughs>